It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast, the official podcast of the Indy Fuel. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. Glad you've joined us on this edition of the pod. As we hit late January 2022, it's January 27th as we record this, the Fuel are 8-2 and two in the new year and as a result have pushed themselves into playoff contention, which is a heck of a run for a team that was last in the league a month ago and now is looking at being in the mix for a playoff spot in the league's toughest division, the Central Division, certainly the deepest division in the 8-2 and two in its last 10. In its last 13 games, the Fuel have gotten points in 10, and they're 9-3-1 and one in those 13 games, and certainly just playing some great, great hockey. And even the losses they've had really had a couple of tough ones, one on New Year's Eve in Toledo, one on January 26th this week in Iowa where they fell behind 3 to nothing and never could climb all the way back. But other than that, they had a late fluky goal against that led to a one-goal loss. There was a shootout loss in which they had really dominated the opposing team back in December. And so it's a team that's playing really, really well. All the pieces have come together, and it has done so in a time period where the roster has been really decimated by call-ups and other factors, a few injuries as well. And with that, the fuel have just plugged guys in and continued to make things happen and and play some really, really, really good hockey. And a big week and weekend coming up. The Toledo Walleye in town on Friday, January 28th. That'll be throwback night for the Indy Fuel and so that kicks off their third consecutive 3-3 three and three weekend. They will travel to Cincinnati on Saturday, then again travel to Toledo on Sunday. The Fuel will be back home on Wednesday, the second to take on Toledo, and then they'll head to the road for four consecutive games before returning home on February 12th. So a lot of play away from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum coming up for the Fuel. After this game against Toledo, the Fuel will play six out of seven and eight of their next ten games away from home. So really kind of a critical stretch coming up for a team that has played really well on home ice and has put itself in contention for a playoff spot. And they've done so by sweeping last weekend. We'll take a look at that coming up. Also, we will bring you our guests, ECHL All-Star Game participant Mike Lee and the great anthem singer from the Chicago Blackhawks, Jim Cornelison. They'll join us later on in the program. But first, let's look back on a really good week for the Fuel. Friday night, the Cincinnati Cyclones came to town, and it was a scoreless game until the latter half of the second period. A great goaltending duel between Mitch Gillum and former Fuel goaltender Sean Bonner. And uh, the defenses really weren't allowing a lot of opportunities. The Fuel outshot Cincinnati 16-2 to in the opening period, but took till the 12-minute mark of the second to break through on this play from Spencer Watson and Mike Lee to Jared Thomas. Jared Thomas gains the line, drops it for Watson. Slap shot left circle blocked in front by Caparuso. 
Comes up to the point to Lee. He'll take it off the boards. Make a man miss. Feed it across. Thomas scores! Mike Lee took it down the middle. Fed it across in the right wing circle for Jared Thomas. And Thomas looked like he was maybe trying to hit a backdoor play. And it broke through Bonner, who was having to go side to side and into the net and the fuel. Draw first blood. Five minutes and 45 seconds later, Jacob Laguerrier jumped into a rush and cashed in to give the fuel a key insurance goal. Get it out to Craig at two-on-one for the fuel, developing as Malone brings it across the line, right side, sends it across for Mondot, save made, rebound, score! Jacob Laguerrier hops on a rebound. The trailer on the odd man rush fires it into the open net, and the fuel lead it two to nothing. Jan Mondot would score on an empty net breakaway to give the fuel a three-to-one victory after Justin Vive had scored with the extra attacker for Cincinnati. Saturday night, the Kalamazoo Wings came in, and this is important because the K-Wings were four points ahead of the fuel entering the evening, but a fast start for Indy started with Jared Thomas, who's been red hot of late, finding Spencer Watson heading right down the slot, just 255 into the game. Trying to drop pass for Tanner Sorensen, but it's broken up by Elmir and sent ahead to the neutral zone. Jared Thomas, one-on-one across the line, waits for reinforcements, finds Spencer Watson right down Main Street. He scores! Spencer Watson gives the fuel a one-to-nothing lead as he filled the middle, took a feed from Thomas, and was in all alone and rifled it past Pulaski to get the fuel on the board. Midway through the first, Griff Jeska hopped on a loose puck and gave the Fuel a 2 to nothing lead. They'll get a fire wagon change. The Fuel try to answer. Jeska shoots and scores! Griff Jeska caught the K-Wings in a change, had all kinds of open ice up the left side, took a long feed, and ripped it high glove side past Pulaski. 2 nothing Fuel! Kalamazoo tied the game with two quick goals in the second period, but Bryson Martin answered with his first goal since February of 2020, and that goal retook the lead for the fuel. Up top, Zulsdorf. Walking the line. Zulsdorf, wrister, through traffic, score! Bryson Martin pops on a deflected puck at the side of the cage, and the fuel retake the lead. It's 3-2. to two. The Fuel getting the cycle game going. Worked it around. Zulsdorf walked the line, looked for an opening, waited for the traffic to form, and his shot pinballed off of a couple of bodies. Spencer Watson was in the area, and it careened to Martin at the side of the cage, and Bryson Martin pokes it home. His first goal of the season and first as a member of the Fuel. Jan Mondot and Carl Elmir scored in the third period. Mondot's goal turned out to be the game winner in a 5-3 victory over the Kalamazoo Wings. The Fuel then on Sunday took a 2-0 lead on a pair of Jan Mondot goals. Kalamazoo answered with three straight and led 
3-2 to two going into the final two minutes. With a goaltender pulled for the extra attacker, Carl Elmir scored with 1.51 to go to tie the game. That came on a deflection of Craig Wismierski's shot from the point. And then with 37 seconds left, Jordan Schneider pounced on Spencer Watson's rebound and hammered it home to give the fuel a come-from-behind 4-3 to three victory over Kalamazoo to sweep the weekend. And the fuel right now sits 17-16-4 and four with 38 points. They're currently tied for fifth place in the division, and it can't get any more bunched up than this. The fuel are four points back of second place Fort Wayne and just two points ahead of seventh place Iowa. Six points separate second place from last place in the division. Big reason why Jared Thomas has been playing really, really well. He has 33 points on the season, 11th in the league in scoring nine goals and 24 assists for Jared Thomas. And Mike Lee as well, one of the top scoring defensemen in the league. Right now, he is currently tied for second in defenseman scoring with five goals and 25 assists in 34 games. And again, the Fuel doing this with a number of players called up. And of course, that provides opportunity for other players. Griff Jeska has been finding the back of the net with regularity here lately. C.J. Ike had a seven-game scoring streak earlier in January. And the goaltenders, Mitch Gillum and Michael Lackey, have been playing really, really well. Mitch Gillum had won seven consecutive starts before Wednesday's loss in Iowa and had allowed three or fewer goals in all of those victories. It's time to turn to our guests on this edition of Under the Hood. And our first guest is the Fuel's ECHL All-Star Game representative, Mike Lee. On Martin Luther King Day, he headed to Jacksonville to represent the Fuel with the ECHL All-Stars as they played the Jacksonville Icemen in the league's annual showcase. And he had a, a tremendous night and also was second in the hardest shot competition Launching one at 88 miles an hour, and Mike Lee has really earned this opportunity, as we mentioned, third in the league or tied for second in the league in defenseman scoring. He leads all ECHL defensemen with 25 assists, one of the top power play quarterbacks in the league. He has 13 assists and 15 points on the power play, also lead all defensemen in the ECHL. And Mike Lee, a second-year player, had an elite start with the Fuel last year before having to miss the second half of the season with an injury, but has returned and has been playing some great hockey since the season began. Here is our conversation with All-Star defenseman Mike Lee. Mike, first of all, congratulations on being named uh, to the All-Star team. and Describe what it meant to be chosen to represent the Fuel in the All-Star game. Yeah, um, thanks. Uh, it was definitely definitely an honor right you know everyone you know wants to you know perform at their best and kind of when you get recognized by your team in the league as you know one of you know the all-stars of the league it's you know definitely a great honor and you know I was excited to get down there and you know have a little fun with it and it was a whirlwind weekend for you you started the week in Rockford and then uh, played a three and three and then uh, on essentially the fourth day had uh, headed down to Jacksonville to play in the all-star game. What was that like just to kind of have that really busy stretch, but uh, be able to cap it off like that? Yeah, it was uh, good. Obviously they get called up and, you know, they, you know, that with the number situation guys getting sent down from, you know, the Blackhawks, you know, they didn't, they didn't need me at the time. So, 
I came and played the three and three with Indy. Uh, you know, had a good weekend. Uh, didn't didn't finalize it on Sunday, but it was a good weekend. And then kind of not getting a lot of sleep, and then hop on a flight and head down to Jacksonville to the All Star game. So it was definitely good to end off that four and four with the All Star game, and was uh, definitely an exciting experience and uh, a lot of travel, but it was good. Did you leave on uh, Sunday night or Monday morning? Uh, Monday morning. So yeah, just get off the plane and uh, put your skates on and go play. But (laughs) what's just describe what that experience was like in getting to getting to play in that and getting to play alongside some guys that you've been playing against all year. Yeah, it was definitely interesting, you know, especially the guys in the central division, you know, play against them a lot and, you know, you really don't know the type of guys they are. And then when I got down there, you kind of meet all of them and kind of, you know, learn uh, the type of people they are. And that was probably the biggest thing, you know, just, you know, everyone coming from different spots and, showing up, having fun with it, you know, getting to know each other and, you know, just getting on the ice and, you know, kind of just, you know, I, I keep saying it, like just having fun, right? That's that's why we're all there with all the skills competitions and all that. But, you know, kind of just getting to know everyone, you know, especially the coaches that came down to help us out. That was a, a good a good experience and um, definitely an exciting day. Hardest shot competition as well was the skills competition you were in, uh and so what was that like to just wind up and let one go like that? <laughs> oh, it was uh, fun, right? Um, no one, no one knew what skills they were going to be doing, you know, because I think the coaches select them right before the game. So kind of put up a list in the locker room. I saw my name for the hardest shot, you know, kind of had a chuckle about it, but, um, it was good to get out there, kind of, you know, showcase, uh, my shot, but, you know, it came in second place, so I wish I wish I was first, but it is what it is. And you get a chance to play alongside a former teammate in Tim Davis, and always nice to see some familiar faces again. Uh, yeah, it was definitely good. Uh, when I saw they made the All Star team, you know, I you know contacted him, congratulated him, and you know we ended up rooming together for the one night that we were there, and it was good to see him out there. You know, with you know the success he's had this season, uh, you know, happy for him and. You know, I'm, I'm sure he was happy for me as well. And earlier in the month, you had the opportunity to get uh, not just a first call up to the American Hockey League, but to get a chance to go back home and play for Hartford. And how special was it, number one, to get called up to the AHL, but two, to be able to do it back home where your family and friends were able to come watch? Yeah, um, it's always the goal, right, to, you know, move on in your career and, you know, get to the biggest stage that you know you're allowed to and that you want to go to and hard for calling me up it was definitely a special moment you know having you know being 25 minutes away from my house and um my first game is actually in bridgeport against the sound tigers where i played college and you know a lot of a lot of family members a lot of friends uh old teammates my old coaches they all came out and you know watched and you know it was definitely if you if I wanted to make an AHL debut, it'd probably be in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. So um, definitely had fun. Um, you know, it was, it was exciting, and um, you know, definitely thankful for all the people that came out and you know made the experience you know pretty special. Well, your time in Hartford or uh, the uh, time you spent with the Rockford IceHogs last week? What's a couple of things you learned about 
having an opportunity at the next level that you can take back uh, and work on here while you're in Indy? Um, yeah, um, everyone's good, especially when you go up to that level and even the level that we're at now. But, you know, everyone's good and you kind of just have to make sure you do the little details every day, right? You can't just, you know, take a day off because everyone's kind of competing for a spot. And so it's just kind of, you know, never taking a day off, you know, always, always putting forth your best effort. And that's something that I definitely learned up there, especially a guy like Cliff Watson, right? You know, he's a, he's an everyday pro and kind of like, look, you know, you kind of look at him and, you know, try to replicate what he does every day. And, you know, you know, it's just, it's proven that that could help you out in your career and, you know, kind of, you make, make you stay there and, you know, have the best chance to succeed in where you're at. And you're succeeding where you're at right now here in Indy. Just describe the year you've had in right now leading the league in defenseman scoring and what you've been able to do to have the success you've had this season. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it just starts from last year, right? Coming in the Indy, you know, you kind of got, got to prove yourself and, you know, by the time I, you know, proved myself, I was injured and kind of had to step away for the season and get surgery. And, you know, definitely it was a long road back, but, you know, definitely was excited to come back. And, you know, with, with the team we had, it, you know, it was just, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty easy as I, you know, not easy, but kind of easy that they made, they made it easy for me to kind of succeed, right? Because they, you know, they, they done great job um around me and kind of you know making making sure that you know I can have the best year um that I could and you know our power play you know has been rolling uh these last few games and last few weeks and you know got to kind of keep that going um because you know it helps helps out the team and you know kind of the direction that we want to go is to make the playoffs so you know kind of just the will that all my teammates have and you know, kind of help, help me, you know, down the road. And, you know, it's just, it's just kind of a special team that we have right now. So they've definitely helped out a lot. You look at that power play. You, how much fun is it to play with guys with the skill level of Jared and Jan and Seamus and, and the guys you have, Darian, on that top power play unit where you've had a lot of success since the five of you have really been put together here in the last month? Yeah. You know, we kind of just, we talk, we talk through it, right? Um, you're not going to score every time you go on the ice, right? But kind of want to get up to that 25%, you know, 26, 27% range. You know, we kind of dropped off these last, uh, these last few games, but, you know, we kind of just talk through it. You know, we kind of have a plan, but, you know, when you have guys, you know, like JT and Jan and Seamus and Craigie, like those guys can make plays, right? It's not, it's not robotic. It's, you know, there's a flow to it and, you know, once once we get going, you know, there's there's not many power plays that can compete with us. So, you know, kind of just you know keep going through it, um, working together, and you know, it's been it's been a exciting time. So, definitely have been having fun with that. That is Indy Fuel defenseman Mike Lee joining us last week, talking about the All Star Game, and of course, we're bringing it to you on this edition of Under the Hood. Our second guest is somebody who needs no introduction, somebody we always love having stop by Indy and stop by the booth to chat with us, and that is Jim Cornelius and the great anthem singer for the Chicago Blackhawks. And we had a chance to dive into his career and talk about how he got to the point 
where he sings the anthem for the Chicago Blackhawks every night, as well as, of course, every year at the Indianapolis 500, singing back home again in Indiana. He's an IU grad, has some ties to Indianapolis, comes every year for Blackhawks night and sings to kick off the evening. Here is the anthem singer, Jim Cornelison. How special is it every time to come back to Indy and perform in front of these great fans here in Indianapolis? Yeah, I uh, I love this place. I remember coming here for opening, uh, uh, I think it was when everything had been refurbished. There was a new scoreboard and everything. And uh, and by the way, this is the only place besides Indianapolis Motor Speedway where I've sung back home again in Indiana. We did it that night, right? Uh, I just think it's such a great show. I love the way the fly, the, the use of flames and everything. You know, at the beginning, you can like, kind of feel the heat off of that, and uh, um, it's just an exciting thing to come to come uh, come to each year or twice a year. And uh, having uh, my my ex wife was from Indianapolis, and my kids, and uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time down here. Uh, I, I enjoy being able to come back to Indianapolis and have a real reason to be here. Uh, being an Indiana University graduate as well, graduate of the Jacobs School of Music, one of the top music schools in the world. How did that prepare you, and obviously as a professionally trained singer, for what you do now? Well, there's, you know, uh, it's a big, it's a big music school, largest in the world, and uh, and the graduate program is like half the students, and so there's so much competition to get into those those operas and uh and it's like a taste of the real world you know there there's pressure to to get into to be selected to be in the opera there's and there's pressure to perform well so the standards are always really high so when you think anytime i don't know that's been part of my life for so long even after leaving indiana right going uh to the lyric opera chicago and then being managed by columbia artists and singing in different places in the world there's you, you just want to every time you walk out in front of people you want to bring the best that you can give them well and you mentioned that how did you go from working in the opera to singing in front of 18,000 20,000 people <laughs> at the united center every night well believe it or not i never uh, aspired to be an anthem singer i didn't even know that was something a person could could do you know i didn't grow up with hockey i grew up in washington state and then uh, and then when I went to Chicago, I was in the um, the Ryan Center for Performing Artists, the uh, the apprentice program they have there. And one of the guys I went to IU with, he was uh, also there, and he was doing a few Blackhawks anthems each year. And he asked if I they, they needed another guy, you know. And they said, "Do you want to do this too?" So that sounds like fun. So I go down and do uh, maybe half a dozen anthems uh, during the year if I was available. And uh, let's see, people always want to know what these things, you know, what's the deal, right? So it was free parking, free tickets, some uh, free food down in the press lounge, and 50 bucks. And you know what? When you're going down there with your three-year-old son and you're just having a good time, you sing the anthem, you sit back, you don't have to plan your life around it. It's not a job. It's just something fun to do. It was a good deal. Happy with that. Things had to change when I started <laughs> planning my whole life around it, but... uh uh, yeah, that's how it got started. Uh, and obviously the Blackhawks have a great tradition that uh, that began when Wayne Mesmer was singing before you of the fans cheering along with the anthem and right. bringing a lot of energy. Does that really fuel you or do you feed off of that or do you and the crowd kind of feed off of each other? Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's It creates a loop. You know, there's like a feedback loop that, that uh, occurs and... I, I was aware of that when I came in to sing at the Blackhawks, and especially when they asked me to do all of them, and I thought, okay, 
what I want this anthem to be like because I know what it's like with that crowd cheering and what it makes me feel like. How can I give something back, you know? So that's why I, I think my anthem is particularly uh, kind of loud and proud. It's uh, head held high. It's, uh, uh, you know, feel good about this moment, feel good about being American, and just uh, I think it's masculine, you know. It's it's out there, but I, it's just such a great thing to be part of. The crowd gets into it. They fill me with uh, uh, energy, and then you hear the swells, in the cheering and applause as the anthem goes on. Certainly when I do the hand gesture and point to the flag is one moment where everybody really goes nuts, right? So um, it, it's just a really neat kind of symbiotic experience with the uh, be, with the audience and myself. How special is it as well to do so with the military members that you always have out there with you when you sing? Right, right. Well, you know, that wasn't true when I first started, and uh, I think it was. I did 08, 09 was the first season. I think it was the playoffs late in the playoffs of 09 and they started having an active duty military person and then the veterans out there next to me and you know people loved that right away and it really kind of focused uh what was happening with the anthem that that was um that was about more than just hockey and you know now it's uh one of the most requested events in the in the country for the uso to be out there and uh, for veterans, I think the wait list is like over 10 years long. So I, I say that, but I always also tell people, if you're in the Chicagoland area, get on the wait list because there are cancellations that occur at the last minute, and then they're hustling to find somebody. A guy on uh, uh, just a, a few games ago had only been on three weeks. The guy before that was on nine years. But, hey, you know, <laughs> it, it's uh, – anyway, it's um, – uh, those guys, it means a lot to them, right, because – you, you go out there, you've lost friends, uh, maybe family members, uh, or suffered, lost your own leg or whatever, and to to feel a sense of purpose and be attached to the meaning of what that sacrifice was it, is something that we're able to give back to those people in, in, in a small way, but it, it can make enduring their, their difficulty just that much easier. Not sure how to frame this question, but there seems to be in this sport more than any other a real connection between the fans and the people that sing the anthems, yourself and Charles Glenn and yeah, sure, and so many others. You know, Andrew, I mean, it's I don't think it's a mystery to it. I mean, the uh, hockey, about 75% of the teams have sort of a branded, if that's the word you mm-hmm. want to use, anthem singer. Well, people attach to people. So if you're just bringing in, you know, uh, little Joey because his mom thinks he's a good singer and then you're bringing in this person because... You know, they, they want an audition or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's real opportunity missed in terms of people being able to identify with uh, another part of the, the team and the performance. So just like Tommy Hawk, the mascot, or, uh, or a, a, a Blackhawk ambassador, former player, um, I become one of those faces that people can attach to. Jim Neighbors at the Indianapolis Motor Absolutely. Speedway, perfect example. And, uh, they say the most... Uh, the most known face there is Mario Andretti. Number two was A.J. Foyt. Number three was Jim Neighbors. Not even a driver. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, hockey has that element, and it's around the national anthem, so it's powerful. And you mentioned Jim Neighbors. You filled his very big shoes at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How special has that been to come here each May and sing back home again in Indiana right at that climactic moment? Before well, the Indy 500. Uh, that's it. You, you said right at that climactic moment. You know, when I do the national anthem for the Blackhawks or for the Bears, it's right before the puck drop. It's right before the kickoff. It's like the, the pinnacle, right? It's the pinnacle of 
the the pregame show. And that's the same at the 500, not with the Anthem, but with back home again in Indiana. So what a special place to occupy within that pre-race ceremony to sing back home again in Indiana, the thing that everybody's kind of looking forward to and they sing along with. And it just has so much meaning and such strong tradition. It's a great honor, and I love doing it. That's Jim Cornelison joining us from the Indiana Farmers Coliseum before he sang the national anthem on Saturday night at Blackhawks night. And somebody we always love having stopped by the booth and always love hearing him sing at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum as well as at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway each Memorial Day weekend. That'll do it for us on this edition of the Under the Hood podcast. I want to thank Mike Lee and Jim Cornelison for their time in joining me for some conversations. And I want to thank you for listening. Again, the Indy Fuel Home Friday, January 28th against the Toledo Walleye. It's throwback night. And then on Wednesday, February 2nd as well, another midweek game for the Fuel. The puck drops at 7.05 p.m. both evenings. You can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum box office, as well as IndyFuelHockey.com. Until next time, this is Andrew Smith, the voice of the Fuel, saying thanks for listening. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.